baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870, Mike Detailia along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, and on our Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line, the voice of the Florida Gators, Sean Kelly. Sean, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. How you doing? Doing great. Can't wait to get back home, if you will, this weekend. Well, uh, you know, Sean, I, I, I tell you what, uh, the, you're one of my favorite. I think you're a pro's pro, and uh, you could call I- any sport. I mean, you do that at the highest level. So, Sean, if you need a new agent, I got no, you one. I, you're damn right, because I, <laughs> I, I think he's that good. But, Sean, how different it is now that you're the voice of the Gators and not necessarily having the success uh, that you would like to see or obviously the, the university? Well, maybe more Gators fans than anybody else. I mean, I, I think just like most of the other fan bases in the SEC, this is, you know, uh, an impatient one, one that it got used to quite a bit of success during two different eras. And when it's not that way, then nothing's right. So, you know, you, do, you, do you enjoy driving southbound on the causeway, that bump, 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 <laughs> that up and down? That's, that's what it feels like right now this season with this young football team. Now, Sean, now, now ahead, Sean, right quick, uh, Billy Napier. I mean, uh, are the natives restless? Because, uh, you know, Charlie Long here in, in the studio with us uh, <laughs> that we talk about. Okay, there's a lot of Louisiana connection there, UL and all that, Lafayette. And, uh, uh, okay, well, well, what is the patience with Billy Napier right now? Yeah, not real high. I mean, but again, this is week to week. Like, if the Gators go to Baton Rouge and beat LSU, then Billy Napier is the second coming, and the Gators are going to contend for a national championship within a year. <laughs> you know, that's that's just one of those deals. What they're not real thrilled about at the moment is is um, the special team situation has been, you know, inadequate. It's it, it, too many mistakes. It's just a lot of mistakes that whether you're young or you're a vet player, probably shouldn't be happening from an operational standpoint. So they're a little upset about that. And, again, it's it's hard watching young guys develop. And that's the thing. If you look across the two deep on both sides of the football, for in a, in a large part, it's, it's either new players, freshmen, sophomore, redshirt freshmen. That, it's just all over the place. And so, as you guys know, it's hard to get a dog on your team or a, or a real thumper if – if a young man is not playing with confidence and, and the only way you get confidence I've learned at this age group is to play and be seasoned over time. So, you know, the good news is there's this phenomenal recruiting class coming in. The best players on the Gators right now are all guys that Napier brought in either via the portal or recruiting since he arrived. So in that sense, if you can hold on to that a little bit, you think that the the ceiling or the future for the Gators will trend up, you know, you'd buy stock now as Dabo had said in Clemson. You'd buy stock now because eventually it's going to be real nice for you. Right now, though, uh, if you're looking to get a return on your longtime fan investment, this is kind of hard to watch. I mean, it's an Arkansas team this past weekend that had lost six in a row, and and two weeks ago they fired their offensive coordinator. They made a nice change, though, and had a bye week to kind of get ready. But I don't think that an overtime three-point loss at home is what Gators fans were expecting, especially when you look at – at LSU, at a very good Missouri team, and then Florida State rolling in with a chance to maybe be in the playoff come Thanksgiving weekend. So 
right now instead of, hey, Gators are bowl eligible, you earn the bowl practices, it's another step in building this program. Right now it's like, oh, my gosh, the Gators could lose five in a row. They won't be bowl eligible. Now what do we do? And so that's kind of been the dour week that we've embarked upon here at Kingsville. Thankfully, basketball started last night. It looked really good. But, yeah, I mean, it's just part – you went back and asked me about the job part. That's the hard part, I think, for me is to, you know, I think that I'd like to be a little bit of the voice of objectivity in some ways or give some perspective a little bit. They ain't having it right now. Kid. Right, right. <laughs> Sean, one of the things, uh, you know, when on this football team is uh, when you play LSU, it's certainly an elixir if you're having difficulties on offense because their defense has really not played well all season long. Really hasn't. Uh, uh, but you got a one-two punch there with some Louisiana flavor at the running back position. And, um, you know, if you want to take the air out of the ball, and who knows if Jaden Daniels is going to play or not, but if you want to sort of make this a little small ball game, man, give it to those two kids from Louisiana. That ATN and Johnson pretty good at that running back position. Yeah, that was a little bit kind of the game plan against Tennessee earlier this year was not necessarily play keep away, but, you know, control time of possession, uh, move the chains at kind of your own pace type deal. You don't maybe need to take as many shots. I, I thought I had a good read on LSU's defense the last couple of weeks, and then I saw what I saw like you guys did this past weekend. Yes. So I, my my fear uh, – by, by the way, back to ETN and, and Montreal Johnson, the Dallas Al kid, young yeah. man from Jennings. There's quite a little scramble for tickets right now over near the Gators locker room. They've got so <laughs> many bad. family members and people heading for Baton Rouge. Um, they're excited to go back home themselves. But – they're two really good backs. They're slightly different one from the other. But now that ETN's fully healthy again, they go back to being kind of that one-two punch. Now, any running back's only as good as that offensive line in front of them. And at times, this year's Gator offensive front has been suspect a little bit. So, uh, you know, as you guys both know, the run game is a complementary thing. You know, how you block on the edge, how that guard pulls, all those things only enhance what two really good running backs can do. So, so we'll see how that plays out. Now, now Sean, uh, I don't know. I've watched a lot of uh, college football when you go from game to game, whatever. And uh, I'm looking at I was kind of shocked at these numbers uh, because when I, when I saw him play, uh, I said, well, um, he's not the second coming of Tim Tebow or a, a top Florida quarterback. I'm looking at Graham Mertz, you know, the Wisconsin transfer. I was kind of surprised. I'm looking at 74% completion. Over 2,400 yards, 17 touchdowns, and two interceptions. Uh, when I was watching him, he didn't look that competent. But I'm looking at those numbers. He must be doing something right. He's throwing uh, throwing a 275 yards passing uh, per game. Now, though, that's 32nd in the country. But what can you tell the folks about Graham Mertz? Uh, Mertz has it been up and down like a roller coaster, or what? No, he's been. I mean, he's been a real bright spot. Now, if you if you this is what happened in the spring when. He got on campus. Everybody kind of looked at his Wisconsin resume and said, this is what we're doing at starting quarterback at Florida. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you get into camp, and those of us who were around camp started to say, whoa, hold on, there's something different here. A, Billy Napier's playbook just got a lot larger because of how smart Graham Mertz is. He throws a pretty nice ball. In the spring, I didn't think he had quite a great arm, but he can make all the throws, You know, he and he looks great when he comes off the bus. All those things check, right? And so early on in the season, there was still this feeling of, well, you know, Graham's really good at managing the football game. Don't we love that term? 
he's a good game right? manager. Yeah. It wasn't until the Gators went on the road and he put them on their back and kind of won in comeback fashion at South Carolina that people thought, oh, well, he can also win a game for us. The other thing that I didn't know about Graham Mertz when he arrived in the spring that I know now is how tough this dude is because I think, Bobby, when you've watched him play this fall, that confidence thing or some kind of a, a, a command look to him, he's been running for his life for eight weeks. And I think that messes up a little bit of what your vision of him would be or, okay. or, how, you, or, or how the eye test goes. And so not only has he been running for his life, he's been taking quite a few shots. And yet the dude just keeps getting up. And when it comes to leadership, there's being a vocal leader and, and show me the way you do things, the Drew Brees ways of you know leadership. But I think there's a lot of respect amongst his teammates by his ability to just keep getting up after taking shot after shot after shot. So um, I think that's what you should know about Graham Mertz going down the stretch here. One of the things, um, LSU had the moniker for years, DBU, but the, probably the number two team in that would be Florida. They were pulling out as many defensive backs into the NFL as LSU was. Now, it's not DBU anymore at LSU. It's wide receiver U. But the matchups with LSU's receivers – up against the Gator defensive backs. Uh, haven't watched him. How do you think that that'll size up? Because we know one thing. If it's Jaden Daniels or, or Garrett, they're going to want to throw the ball deep. They're, they're going to test that secondary a lot. Can you can you look down the line and see me in the fetal position right now? Because <laughs> gotcha. that's what I'm a little bit worried about. I mean, you're starting a true freshman at safety. Jason Marshall at one corner who is projected to be a first-rounder. I'm, I'm not seeing that right now. Um, you've had some banged up guys on the other side, and you know who is the other safety? Is it Miguel Mitchell? They just they have not defended very well. Um, and in fact, I think going into the Arkansas game, the last three Gators opponents had thrown for two seventy five or better. So oh. uh, when you are looking at Malik Neighbors, who's got to be what in his seventh year it feels like uh, the Thomas. I mean the skill the skill on the edge and even the tight end at LSU. All those things make you real nervous. Uh, and then, and that's just if Nussmeyer's playing. If you roll in Jaden back in, and I don't know what the latest on his protocol is, right? Uh, it's it's a real problem. I'm not so sure I know which team can stop the other right now if if Daniels is playing. So you're telling me to take the over? Yeah, look at the over <laughs> on the 63 and a half, somewhere around there. And uh, Sean, looking at uh, one thing, you know, if you can bend but don't break, but it looks like the Gators are breaking red zone defense day 102nd. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. Some of that also now has been compounded by your leading tackler and kind of the leader on that defensive side. Shamar James is done for the year. He just had surgery on his dislocated kneecap. And then last weekend you were without two of your, your front four starters. I think they'll get one back, maybe two, but James is still out. They're still trying to figure out who's going to play alongside Scooby Williams. So, um, you weren't you were not trending in the right direction defensively as it was, and then you take those three guys out last weekend, and it was atrocious. Now, uh, Sean, uh, the one thing I appreciate uh, you had talked to me. I guess it was about a year ago, or somewhere around there. Uh, you know, you're doing ESPN, you're doing everything from a national perspective, and we all know that you're the voice of the Florida Gators. But you could call uh, whether it's basketball, football, wh- whatever it might be. And you had sent me a text out of the blue, and I was like, oh, uh, Bobby, uh, I'm looking at Lamar Jackson. And you look at NFC versus AFC and all the number of uh, games he's won in a row against the NFC uh, uh, you know, opponent. Uh, but I never cheered so hard for the Giants. And they end up 
the Giants <laughs> end up beating the Ravens, and then I said, oh, I still have the record. Sean, I think that's the one record that people uh, will not realize. Maybe I can tell my grandkids that you look uh, AFC, NFC, that I still have the record most games in a row uh, beating the AFC, you know, playing right. for the Saints, that right now I'm number one. And then I'm looking. They just put it up last uh, week uh, that, oh, uh, because they just crushed the Seahawks, and like Lamar Jackson's like seventeen and one, and that uh-huh. one loss <laughs> against uh, the, that uh, was against the Giants, but beating the um, NFC, like I was able to be a starting quarterback against the AFC. Thanks for bringing that up to me. Well, I, you know, I, I hope you took it in the right spirit of things. Yes. I'm just a little concerned. <laughs> I had to say, oh, Bobby, I'm I'm a little concerned about this. this there's few things he was too. Like he'll still hang on to. So yes. <laughs> Yes. One of the things, too, uh, offensive line play, uh, they, they've lost some people to the National Football League, and one of the guys, certainly they, Billy brought in from uh, UL, University of Louisiana, Cyrus Torrance. Uh, your thoughts on, on how that has progressed this year? Because that's one area of play I've always felt gets better as the season goes along. You can practice it, but it's not the same as playing. Uh, your thoughts on the progress of the Gators offensive line and that is a highly injured area too and so sometimes you you got to be two or three deep in a position yeah just what you said there Mike and that you know Kingsley Aguacan the starting center was supposed to be kind of the anchor of this group he had a high ankle sprain on August the 16th I think he's made four starts I'm not so sure he's been able to finish the last two times he's gone out it has just been one of those things that has really frustrated him and the Gators, too, as far as continuity goes. You know, they brought in a transfer named Damian George from Alabama. And at first I saw him and I was like, ooh, that could be really special. And then the cynic in me was like, wait a minute, why is why is he available all of a sudden? So he hasn't quite panned out, but I think, as you mentioned, I think it has to be an ongoing rep situation. Yeah. And speaking of Billy, Billy found a guy named Cam Waits. Where do you see the size of this dude? He had never been playing football before, stumbles into some camp, Billy sees him, and he he gets him to UL, and then he leaves. So he decides then to try and get him to Florida as a kind of a project, and that project is just kind of underway. But I, there are a few human beings I've been around bigger, and you know what my resume looks like. So I've been around some very large individuals over the years. You know, he's coming along, but he's not there yet. And so – Austin Barber at left tackles had some injuries. They've just never really found that rhythm. And, and again, what you said about Osiris Torrance and that yeah. group last year, those guys were studs and, and played as one. And, and that's what helped really kind of springboard ETN and Johnson into the running backs they were, you know, in the SEC, Trevor being the, the freshman, Montreal coming from the Sun Belt. So that's yeah, been, you know, like I said, Graham's been running for his life. They're, they're just. They're trying to get some, you know, look, so many of these things in this conference, it's right there in the trench. You don't have to look real far. Everybody's got skill guys. And if you get whooped up front, um, nothing else seems to work. And that seems to be both sides up front right now for the Gators. They got to get that kind of fixed, find an edge, something. And look, they, they want six man, seven man protect on a lot of occasions this past weekend because, because it's been leaky. So, We'll see how it goes against an LSU defense. That I mean, I can't get over it. You look across that ball right now, and you see those guys on L. And you're like, "What's what's not working here?" Well, I mean, missed tackles is maybe number one on the list. That's but, number one. Yeah, and so so maybe I don't know. I, 
is this past weekend, somebody asked me, you know, I'm not really supposed to talk about this Vegas stuff, you know, since right. I work for, right. <laughs> but I told somebody about the Florida, Arkansas. I, I said, I wouldn't touch that game with a 35 foot pole. <laughs> now, I wouldn't maybe make the same statement here playing Saturday night at Death Valley and, you know, against a team that's probably a double-digit favorite and will hold that way. But because these defenses have been what they are, who knows? I mean, the only thing I would say is, Mike, whatever you said earlier, I I won't repeat it out loud on the radio, but whatever you said earlier, maybe you think about that. No, uh, because LSU has hit the over on every game they've played this year. The only team in college football to do that. Well, the they're the third best offense, and they're one of the worst defenses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a great match no, in that, heaven if you're an over. Yeah, uh, Sean, like you said, one of the worst defenses. I don't think they're as bad as USC. Uh, I would say. Oh, that's, uh, that's oh. embarrassing. <laughs> you look at USC and Lincoln Raleigh where they're at. Now, uh, you know, you talk about the edge and what you do in the trenches. Uh, what about this cat? Uh, I guess I like his name. I guess his mom named him Princely. Uh, I, I, I don't want. I don't know his last name. You uh, man, I mean, I don't know. I pronounce his last name, but it looks like uh, Ed Rush and Princely. Bobby, That's so as well close as you can me. get, Bob. <laughs> Bob. Bobby, I mean, you are the name guy. I mean, there isn't a name that you can't handle. Uman Ellen. Uh, okay, a uh, Princely. And his family. <laughs> His family descends from Nigerian kings, so that's where the name Princely comes from. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I, it's a really it, cool story. So, yeah, so it seems like he's been an edge guy that can be disruptive. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, he has been disruptive. And here's one of those things, and, again, some of these numbers are going into Arkansas, but, you know, can you name me the team that has fewer sacks in the SEC than the Gators? No. I, None. I guess Zero. Vanderbilt? No, no. No. Uh, no. no. Zero. Oh, Wow. Going into last weekend, Gators had the fewest sacks in the Southeastern Conference. Yet, though, help me figure this one out. If you look at percentage of quarterback pressures on dropbacks, 42% for the Gators to lead the SEC. So you lead the SEC pressuring the quarterback on dropbacks, but yet you're dead last in sacks. I Uh, understand that. And, Sean, I've never – I don't think I've ever witnessed that because you think you'd uh, bring it home every now and then with a sack – but I don't know if ever – so they lead in quarterback hits, quarterback hurries, uh, yep. but then last in sacks. That's, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Sean, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Man, we really appreciate it. Always enjoy your work, bud. Thank you, Sean. Thanks again. Bye-bye. All righty. Sean Kelly, the voice of the Florida Gators. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 